Well, praise the Lord. Thank you, brother. It's always a blessing to sing about the blood. Amen. The blood still has the power to wash away sin, uh, to cause you to be a part of the family of God. We have been born again by faith in who Christ is, what he done for us at the cross, and the shedding of his own blood. Amen. And uh, tonight, I am so thankful for that. What a blessing it is to sing about the blood. We are learning what it means to live under an open heaven. Now, let me tell you what I'm going to do. If you'll listen fast, I'll talk fast. How about that? I'm going to stand up, speak up, and shut up. So uh, just hang on tonight. We are learning to live under an open heaven. And if you remember, I told you this morning that living under an open heaven means that we are unhindered from the blessing of God. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but tonight, I don't apologize for wanting God's blessing. And listen, as the people of God, you shouldn't apologize for it either. I believe God wants to bless us. I believe God can bless us because I know him as my loving heavenly father. Let me tell you something. I got kids that I love with all my heart, but my love is imperfect. Amen. And I'll never be able to love to the degree that God loves us, but I want to bless my kids with everything I can. I want to do for them everything I can do. And I believe God wants to do the same thing for his children who've been born again into his family. So you don't have to apologize for, for wanting the blessing of God. I want the blessing of God. I want the blessing of God on my individual life. I want the blessing of God on my ministry. I want the blessing of God on my family. I want the blessing of God on my marriage. I want the blessing of God on my kids. I want the blessing of God at my workplace. I want the blessing of God when I'm riding down the road. I want God's blessing on absolutely everything I'm doing. And you should as well. I don't want to forfeit anything. I don't want to miss out on anything that God has for me. And I'm going to tell you this, I don't want to miss out on it because I'm not asking for it. Now, we said this morning, I told you I was going to give you three ways to live under an open heaven. And we talked about two of them this morning. The first thing we said uh, was that uh, we need persistent prayer. And that's what Isaiah, we see there in Isaiah 64. He persistently prayed unto the Lord that God would rend the heavens, would tear open the heavens, and that God would come down and meet with His people. That God would do for His people and among His people what only He was capable of. Now, we said this morning we need what Isaiah prayed for. We must pray like Isaiah prayed, that God's presence would be... Um, Real to each and every one of us in everything that we're doing. How many of you know, folks, we need God's presence to be what God's called us to be? I need God's presence to be what he's called me to be, a husband, a father, a pastor, a witness. Listen, anything that, 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 that you can name that God wants me to be and has saved me to be, I need the rule and reign of the Holy Spirit uh, to, to make me that. And you do too. We need it in our individual ministries. We need it collectively as a church. We need it in our own personal family. We need the presence of God above everything else. The ruling and the reigning of the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, in our hearts and in our lives so that we might be all he saved us to be. But also, Isaiah prayed for purification. If you remember in Isaiah 64 and verse 2, he said he prayed that God would send the melting fire that causes the water to boil. And we talked about what the melting fire is, how that the melting fire is like the refiner's fire, spoken of in Malachi chapter 3, and how the silversmith, would, when he starts working with silver, he'll melt it all down, and he'll cause that silver to boil under the, over the flame. And, and as that silver boils, it will boil up to the top all the impurities that's in it. And then he'll take that dross and he'll go over the top of that silver and separate the impurities from the, the silver that he's going 
going to be working with. And he'll do that over and over and over and over again until he can see himself in that silver. And when he can look over in that pot and see himself, he knows it's ready to make whatever he's going to make. And that's the same way God deals with us. He wants to purify us from all the things in our life that's not pleasing unto him. And when he gets us where he wants us, then he can use us. Can you say amen? Now, the, the, the water boiling speaks of the same thing, speaks of purification. How many of you have ever heard of a man by the name of Barry Grills? Have ever heard of him? Nobody's ever heard of Barry Grills? My goodness. Barry Grills is like, well, he's one of my heroes. Uh, man, I used to watch him all the time. He's got the, Survivor, the survival show. He was an, uh, an ex-British Army guy, Special Forces guy, retired, and now he uh, has a survival show where he teaches you how to survive out in the woods. I'm going to tell you something. If anybody's going to make it uh, when, when, when things go south, Barry Grill's going to make it. I love that brother. But one thing I always noticed about him, every chance he got when he was out in the wilderness, he's trying to survive, uh, he would never drink water that hadn't been boiled first. He always wanted to boil it. Why? Because he knew there were some impurities in that water that might harm his body. But when he boiled it, it caused those impurities to be separated. And so that's what Isaiah is speaking of in Isaiah 64, 1 and 2. First of all, he prayed for the presence of God. Then he prayed for purification. And we must do the same thing. We need to be persistent prayer warriors if we're going to live under an open heaven. Can you say amen to that? Now, what else we need? We need some practical obedience. Let me read to you something a great pastor once said. Uh, I've heard it said, it said this way. I think it's probably the best. Um, but they said that it, it, th there's a danger in the church of being theologically sound and practically no good. That's good stuff. Now, what's he talking about? What he's really trying to say, I believe, is that we can sit around and talk about what we believe and why we believe it according to Scripture. And how many know I like to do that? We can talk about it, we can preach about it, we can teach about it, uh, we can sit around and discuss what Scripture means, and all of that's good. We can get theologically sound according to the, what God's Word says. But if we don't take God's Word then and apply it to our lives, we're going to be no good, practically speaking. We ain't going to love people like Jesus loves people. We ain't going to love the brethren like He's commanded us to love the brethren. Listen, we ain't going to go out and reach the lost like he's commanded us to reach the lost if we don't take God's word and then apply it to our lives. It's good to talk about it. I love talking about it. I love preaching to you about it. But then we must take this truth and apply it unto our lives. We need some practical obedience. Amen. Just doing what God says. We shouldn't just be hearers of God's word, but doers also according to James 1.22. We've actually got to put into practice what God has spoke in his precious word. We need some persistent prayer. We need practical obedience. But let me give you another one. We need some purposeful giving. We need to give on purpose if we're going to live under an open heaven. Take your Bibles, turn to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi 3. We spent some time here this morning. I want to share with you three or four more verses that I know will be a blessing to you if we'll take it and apply it. Malachi chapter 3. I'm just going to read from verse 6 down through verse number 10. That's what he says. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Now, let me tell you what I think God's telling them there, telling us. 
I think he's trying to say, because you've turned your back on me, because you've went your own way, I'm, I would be just in consuming you. I would be just in just destroying you and starting all over with the new people. But listen to what he tells them. He says, but I have not changed, therefore you are not consumed. What he's saying is this, folks, because he is the same God that he's always been, he still operates among his people in grace and mercy. I want to be honest with you. If I got what I deserved, I'd be consumed. Because many times I've turned my back on him. Many times I've went my own way, just like these people had. But you know what? The Bible teaches that his mercy is new for his people each and every morning. No, I'm glad of that because I need his mercy every morning. And so he tells them, he said, because I have not changed, because I'm still operating through grace and mercy, you are not consumed. Verse 7, even from the days of your fathers, you are gone away from mine ordinances and not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you said, wherein shall we return? Now look, look what God does. He asks a question. Then he makes a charge, then he answers their own question. Now, how is he able to do that? Because he knows their hearts. He knows what they're thinking. Uh, when he asks the question, listen to what he says. Will a man rob God, yet ye have robbed me? But ye say, wherein have ye robbed me? And look what he says. In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Look at verse 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house, and prove the, how uh, herewith saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. So according to Malachi 3 and 10, if we'll be purposeful in our giving, if we'll just do what God tells us to do, we can live under an open heaven. If you believe that to be true, say amen. amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for all that you've given unto us. May we see tonight that you have called us to be a blessing with the blessing you've blessed us with. Thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word. Thank you, Lord, that you've promised we can live under an open heaven, but we've got to do it your way. Show us what that means this evening, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, a lot of people shy away from talking about giving. I had a pastor friend tell me one time that he don't preach on tithing. Well, folks, I've got a problem with that. Let me tell you why. Because if you don't preach on giving, if you don't preach on uh, how we are to operate in our finances as the people of God, if you don't tell people that, they are going to miss out on God's blessing in their finances. See, what I'm fixing to give you tonight is a fail-safe way to be blessed financially. According to Scripture. According to what God says. How do, you, how do I know that? Well, Luke chapter 6 and verse number 38 says that if you'll give... It will be given unto you. And then it says this. I love this. It says it'll be given back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Let me tell you what Dr. David Jeremiah said. I think he says it best. He says a lot of things best. He said we give to God with our little teaspoon, and then he gives it back to us with his big old shovel. I mean, we give to God our tenth, and he gives to us above and beyond what we have ever given. Now, I know what some may be thinking. Well, that's good, Brother Israel. That means I can give $10, and God's going to give me back 1000 well, can God do that? That's not above His doing. If God chooses to do that, certainly He can. But that's not at all what He's saying there. But listen, sometimes God gives back to us in ways that are much more important than money. Much more meaningful than money. Much more of a blessing than money. But He does promise to give back 
pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So if we don't teach on that, people's going to miss out on the blessing in their life. Amen? What else? If we choose not to preach, teach on tithing, then we choose to leave out a large portion of what Jesus preached on. Let me tell you what I mean by that, folks. Jesus preached more about giving and how you give than he preached about heaven and hell. Do you know that? That's amazing to me. I mean, he said a lot of stuff about giving. I'm not going to go through all of it tonight, but I do want to give you one of my most favorite uh, passages of Scripture. It comes from Matthew chapter 6. Everybody turn over there just a moment. Matthew chapter 6. And look with me there at verse number 21. Let's just start in verse number 19. Jesus said, Lay not up yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doeth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. He said, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust nor corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Verse 21, for where your treasure is. Watch this now. There will your heart be also. And so when it comes to your giving, Jesus said, that really lets you know where your heart's at. Really what he's saying is, you can tell a lot of where a, heart's, where a man's heart is by, by looking at his checkbook. Where he spends his money. What he chooses to give to. I think that's powerful. Jesus said it's a revelation of where you're at with him by how you choose to give or choose not to. Powerful. Powerful stuff. So we can't give out uh, or leave out the preaching and teaching on giving. I want to give you three ways we ought to give tonight and I'm going to be done. First of all, we ought to be disciplined in our giving. Amen? Amen. Don't give sporadically just when you feel like it. Be disciplined in it. That's what the Bible's speaking of in Malachi chapter 6 and the 10th verse when it says, bring the tithe into the storehouse. Now what is the tithe? Well, the tithe is a tenth of your income. It's a tenth of whatever you make. You say, now brother Israel, why does God want me to give a tenth? Well, don't grumble about the tenth. Let me tell you why. Because all of it's his. All 100 of it's his. You say, no, no, wait a minute. I mean, I work for that money. I, I, I'm the one who went out day in and day out and did what I needed to do to bring home that pay trick. Well, let me give you, give you some scripture. Deuteronomy 28 and 18 says, God gives you the power to produce wealth. If it's not for God's blessing, you wouldn't have the job you've got. If not for God's blessing, he wouldn't, you wouldn't have the health to go out and work at the job you've got. He gives you the power to produce any wealth that you receive. Praise God, all of it's His. But what He's asking for is a tenth. That tenth allows you to be disciplined in your giving. You don't have to know how much you have to give. You know, hey, listen, I'm supposed to give a tenth. I'm supposed to give my tithe. And I want to encourage you to do that. And God says if you do it, He'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing you can't even stand. Isn't that good news? Amen. How many of you want a blessing you can't stand? Me too. Me too. And he says you can have it if you'll choose to give. 
Powerful. I love that promise. That's a promise to you and to me as a people of God. Now, I had one lady come to me after a service. I had preached on giving one night, and she said, Now, Pastor, why in the world should I give a tenth when that's Old Testament stuff? That's what they did in the Old Testament. I mean, Jesus fulfilled everything that needed to be fulfilled when he came. We don't live under Old Testament law. You know what? I would agree with that. And I told that lady, I said, hey, listen, sister, I am so glad you've thought about this. So what you're telling me is you want to give according to New Testament principles. She said, absolutely. I said, well, if you're going to give according to New Testament principles, it don't just stop at the time. All throughout the New Testament, you're going to see when we're called to give in tithes. Then he says something else. And offerings. How many of you understand? Listen to me, folks. The tithe is not the ceiling. The tithe is the floor. That allows you to be disciplined in your giving and know that that is due to God each and every time you get your paycheck. But then he says, and offerings. What's the and offerings? Well, we take up several around here. We take up the Annie Armstrong Easter offering, and we know that's to give to uh, uh, the, the um, home missions right here in America, the North American Mission Board. We take up the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, which goes to world missions, so that the gospel might be preached all over the go- globe. I know that some of you give to Daniel Sorbera, who is right now in, um, uh, is it uh, Guatemala? Am I right in that right there? Uh, down there working at the orphanage, a, a missionary down there with him and his family. So we give so that the gospel might go out across this world. That's the and offerings. Sometimes we give to those in need. Can you say amen? Hey, listen, back this Christmas as a church, we gave to families in need. Why do we do that? Listen, we are able to do that because people choose to give. Is this making sense to you? So we, we, we did, in our disciplined giving, we do give the tithe, but we also give the offering. Man, that's important we see it. We've got to be disciplined in our giving. We also have to directively give. Now, what do I mean by that? You need to ask yourself, what directs your giving? Let, let me share this with you. Your paycheck oughtn't to direct your giving. If you don't get paid as much this week as you got paid last week, give a tenth of whatever you got paid. Amen? You say, no, wait a minute, brother. What if I ain't got enough uh, money to, uh, to, to do what I need to do? Well, let me tell you this. Upon the authority of the Word of God and my own personal experience, if you'll trust God in your giving, He will not fail you. He will not fail you. I promise you that. We have seen that in our own life. If you'll choose to give to God what's His, He will not fail you in giving back what you need and also what you want. He'll go above and beyond for you. You cannot outgive God. Be directive. What directs you? Look with me in Mark chapter 12. Jesus spoke a parable about this. Well, not actually not a parable, it's just something that he did, a place he was at, and uh, how he watched what people was doing. Look what it says. Mark 12 and verse number 41. The Bible says, and Jesus sat over against the treasury 
and beheld or looked at how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. So in that day, Jesus looked at who was given and who wouldn't give it. I mean, he was concerned about where your treasure was because that revealed the condition of your heart. Now, Jesus looked in that day, and I'm going to tell you something. He's still looking today. He knows who does give. He knows who chooses not to give. Amen? Now, that ain't none of my business. You can ask Miss Agnes. I don't, I don't ask her who gives nothing. That's between you and the Lord. But I want you to know, he does keep track of what you give and what you don't give. He did it in that day. He's still doing it today. Verse 42. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto, unto him his disciples, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto thee, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which cast money in the... Now wait a minute. Jesus said that this widow who gave less than a penny had given more than all the rich people who had given a whole lot of money. Evidently, God's economy don't work like ours works. See, God's economy is not, he, he don't look at it as far as amount, but faithfulness. Amen? This woman, he said, look at this in verse 44. For all they did cast out of their abundance, they cast up for what they had left over. But watch this now. But she, out of her um, want, did cast in all that she had, even all her living. This lady loved the Lord and was willing to give all she had to him. And Jesus says she's given more than everybody. It's not about the amount. Get the amount out of your head. It's about you being faithful to what God's called you to be, what God's called you to do. In your giving, in your finances. We give disciplined. We give directively. But let me share something. We don't give grudgingly. This is very important. Take your Bibles. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's look at verse 6. Second Corinthians 9, 6 says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. The principle of sowing and reaping, it's powerful. He says, And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. And every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. What's it mean that we shouldn't give grudgingly? That means you don't give wishing you hadn't gave. That means you give realizing what you've been blessed with. You've been blessed with it so that you might be a blessing. God does not, has not saved us to be a bank. He saved us to be a conduit. Listen, the blessing of God should flow to us and then through us on its way to someone else. Can you say amen to that? Folks, I have never, ever, ever, ever seen pockets in a shroud. How about you? I've never saw an armored car following a hearse. Let me tell you why. You ain't going to take it with you. And I'm not either. Why not use what we have now 
to make a difference in God's kingdom today. I had a lady tell me one time, she said, Pastor, I believe that God's going to take care of what goes on down at that church. And I'm going to take care of what I need to take care of. And I said, Sister, let me tell you something. God takes care of what goes on down at that church through you as a believer. Through me as a believer. How many know we got light bills to pay? Amen. We got things to do. Listen, we got a gospel to preach. And all of that takes resources. All of it. God's blessed you to be a blessing. I heard a story one time about two men. Two businessmen on their way to Europe. And on their way over, they, uh, their plane went through a storm and it crashed. And uh, they ended up on a deserted island. And one of the men um, was a devout follower of Christ, a devout believer. And, uh, and he just made him a place there in the shade and um, laid up waiting for help to arrive while the other one spent all day long building shelter and looking for water and trying to find food. And he uh, took him some branches out there on the beach and um, laid them out in a pattern that said SOS, doing his best to make sure somebody rescued them. And at the end of the day, he walked up to the guy laying in the shade. And he said, man, I've been working out here all day long. And you've laid up in the shade and ain't done nothing. He said, well, I, I'm a faithful member of my church. I go every Sunday. And he said, well, that's all well and good. But what in the world is, how in the world is that going to help us out here on a deserted island? How about getting out here and helping me? He said, no, no, you don't understand. I said, I'm a faithful member at my church. I'm there every Sunday. He said, I make $10,000 a week. And that guy said, listen, I'm glad you make all that money. I'm glad you're faithful to your church. But how about getting out here and helping me? That ain't helping us a bit on this deserted island. He said, oh, no, you don't understand. I'm a faithful member of my church. I make $10,000 a week, and I tithe every Sunday. My pastor will find me. <laughs> Folks. Be a cheerful giver. Amen. Hey, listen, I am so thankful. I get to be a part through my finances of what God is doing in this earth. And you do too. Everybody stand. Persistent in prayer. Practical in obedience. Purposeful in our giving. Give on purpose. You can expect God's blessing when you do it His way. Is there any special needs tonight?